no, no, no. I'm just moving in up here. Shelly, it is truly good to have you back. Good morning, church and online campus. Glad you guys are here. Yep, and happy new year. I am Joel. I am the Connect Pastor. So, so glad you guys are here. If this is one of your first times attending or viewing, um, or this is, you know, the first time just this year, um, you came on the right Sunday. No, you did. This is the right Sunday for you to be here because this is the second annual clip show. Yeah, yeah, the, the light clapping is fine, that's fine. I mean, I expected more like southern lady fainting, like, oh my, like, like Oprah's favorite things, but we'll get it next year, we'll do it again next year, it'll be, it'll be fun. That means that what we do is we look back on what God has done in 2022, um, what, what, what we've done as a church, um, it's a lot of fun, it's a good memory jogger, and, uh, and I think it's a really good opportunity for God to speak lots of different things um, to us, so... So that's good. Before we even get into that, though, um, how was your 2022? Was it good? You know, I remember, I remember very distinctly, and we, some people had a really rough start, because I remember a lot of people, I saw this over and over again on my feed, people posting like, I would like to cancel my trial subscription to this year. Did you see that? Did you see also um, where, where some people were like, worried that 2022 was actually pronounced 2020 like part two but but man if you did have a bad year it, it, it that's over number one and two this so glad you're here because this is a place for weary travelers it is a place to find rest and hope even in the midst of darkness glad you guys are here maybe you had a great 2022 maybe you were just blessed beyond what you expected in 2022. Did anybody hit any major milestones in 2022? Maybe you lost a bunch of weight. Maybe who, who had a child or a grandchild in 2022? Yeah, all right, nice job, that's cool. Did anyone celebrate an anniversary or get married? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's great, congratulations. Yeah, there's good things to remember. Did anybody retire or even semi-retire? <laughs> Just in your minds. Yeah. All right. Well, man, um, we, we want to celebrate the stuff that God has done here. And so let me show you just a little highlight of uh, what we did in 2022 as a group. We memorized verses every single month here. That was a big part of what we did in 2022. We also combined our contribute ministry to giving or doing something as a congregation every single year. This is uh, just pathway to hope because I actually got to visit some of the stuff that we did there. We started doing gatherings where um, about once a quarter or, or once every couple of months, we would get together and share a meal together after church. And that started growing as a big hit um, to close out the year. We did our regular Contribute Sundays where we uh, went out and served the community. We did our normal Thanksgiving basket outreach and Christmas store stuff that we love doing. Oh, that's, that's me winning our, my family's Goofy Golf Championship. I don't know how that got in there. It is important for me. It was a big accomplishment. Oh, yeah. We started new groups. Like, this is the Young Families. That's the 20-somethings group. Man, these guys... All right, it was so much fun. And I got to say, like, highlight one other ministry, too. 
is uh, Shelly Alcorn and Kurt McCullough, they are killing it in the youth ministry. Um, yeah, that, that, that group and the volunteers, um, they, they grew so much numerically and spiritually. Uh, this is some footage from their like end of the year Christmas family party where they were making snowmen out of ice cream. Um, so good stuff going on there. Good stuff going on all around in 2022. Amen. Amen. Woo. So I want to show you some clips uh, from our sermons, our teachings and stuff like that. But I got to say, with all of the hours of, of stuff that I that I searched through, um, listening to Scott and, and myself over and over. But Shelly was a pleasant um, treat every time I listened to her. Uh, but all that stuff that I listened to, I got to say, one of the times I was most impressed with Scott, our lead pastor, was when he gave his Super Bowl prediction. It wasn't like a score prediction. He was talking about the blind spots that we were going to be covering in our messages. But you should listen to what he had to say if he didn't catch it. No, oh wait, I'm, I'm just gonna grab a seat here. My coffee. It's actually, it's actually pretty decent. This is before the Super Bowl happened. I promise. <laughs> We're basing all of our teaching this year on this one theme, and that is blind. Keep everything that we want in this life, and sometimes we don't even see them coming. I mean, maybe we have a feeling that they're there, but we're not focused on them being there, and we just don't see them coming at us. Now, all of you Bengal fans had better hope that Jonah Williams, the starting left offensive tackle for the Bengals, has his A game on today because he's going up against one of the best NFL players in history, Aaron Donald. And I'm going to tell you something. Joe Burrow is relying on him to keep his blind spots covered, to pick up anything coming at him so that Burrow doesn't get sacked, I don't know, like nine times. Has that ever happened before? I don't know. But he's counting on that left tackle to keep him safe, to cover the blind spot in his life because the left tackle is that important. And the Super Bowl may depend on him making sure that the blind spots are covered. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> I don't know if you remember how that Super Bowl ended, but uh, yeah. Um, and I, I just want to show you that, not only because of how smart Scott is, but I also got to assure you, don't worry. He, um, don't worry, Bengals fans. I know Scott's a Steelers fan, but I trust you. He does not have enough pull with the big man to actually like affect the outcomes of those games. You're fine. He really doesn't. He's a good, he's a good teacher. Uh, he's a good lead pastor. Um, and, uh, and so we start off the year um, in a, uh, on a series, on a topic that's really important. Um, this sermon series was called Forgotten God. Do you remember what it was about? A part of the Trinity? The Holy Spirit, that's right. Yes. Um, so here, here's some highlights from, from Forgotten God. As we look at the Holy Spirit and what he does for us and in us, and with us, uh, again, the goals for this series are to get more and better knowledge of the Holy Spirit because we need that if he's going to work in our life. What's the Bible say? What's the truth about the Holy Spirit? Not what we grew up with, not what we think, not what our own ideas are. What's the truth about the Spirit? And the second goal is to end the confusion of the Holy Spirit. He's too important to just leave him forgotten, to leave him out there somewhere. 
And then we want to engage the Spirit more than we ever have in the past. The power is there for us if we choose to reach out and take it. Uh, Here's what it says in Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The challenge is always to get out of the junk in our minds, quit letting this excessive brain noise take over, and start walking in a new direction. To do what we need to do. To let the Spirit control our minds. Because it only leads to a better life. All right? So why is that important? The Spirit is God. He's got divine power. You know what divine power is? It means ultimate power. It means He's the creator. He created you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. And He can change any area of your life that you choose to rely on Him to change. He has the power to do that. He has the energy to do that. He has the, the, the resources to do that, the strength to do that, that we can't do on our own. There's some, there's some good ones to go back and review. In fact, if you go to communitychristianchurch.com, you'll, you can see messages up there. You click on that. You can have Scott accompany you on your commute. You, know? um, you can also, uh, there was one that we did at the end when we finally finished, like, I think it was seven weeks of Forgotten God. We did a whole uh, worship and scripture reading service up here where we um, unpacked and read just a bunch of scriptures throughout the whole Bible um, where the Holy Spirit was. And, and the band led us in worship throughout all of it. That would be a fun one um, to go back and, and rewatch all of that. But Shelly had another good idea of something that we could, that we could do in the teachings. Um, we did a series where Jesus is quoting the scripture from his bible at the time it was it was just called jesus quotes and here's some fun stuff from that there are people who believe in jesus and people that think he was a complete hoax there are people who accept what the bible says without doubting it and there are people who don't believe in the bible at all they think it's a bunch of of stories and myths and legends but not much truth if you were to ask a college student I mean, today, in this current culture, they may say something about the Bible like this. Well, it's a racist kind of book, isn't it? I mean, it's homophobic. It, it causes wars. We should just stay away from it completely. A lot of people in this culture think that. When it comes to Jesus, most people like him. I mean, I mean they do, but they want to know a little bit more about him. They know Christmas, and they know Easter, And they know that he turned water into wine. That seems to be the only important thing that he did for some people. Um, But they don't really know a whole lot more about him. And since we don't know a whole lot more about him in our culture, except that he's kind of a a good teacher, sometimes we just kind of leave him right there and we just move on and we don't think about him a whole lot more. Well, here's where the issue comes in. People like Jesus, but they don't like Jesus the Bible. Think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. People like Jesus, but they don't like the Bible. And the Bible is where we get our information about Jesus from, right? Don't don't miss this. Even though Jesus loved and taught the Bible, for Jesus, that's the Old Testament, all right? Understand, that's Jesus' Bible. Many people still don't believe in the Bible, 
A lot of people say Jesus was a great teacher, and I'll follow Jesus' teachings, but I will not follow the Bible. Jesus' teachings are based on the Bible. Do you realize that? His teachings are based on the Bible, and the rest of the Bible is based on Jesus. That's the New Testament. But here Jesus is. He's rolling out the scroll of Isaiah in front of this packed house in a Galilean countryside synagogue. And he takes the right side, and he, and he lets him slack out, and he takes the left, and he furls in some, and he, he runs his finger along the parchment, and he feels the seams where they had to physically sew the paper together. Um, because that's the only way you can make something long enough to hold all the writings to the book of Isaiah. And he, and he finds the place um, where he wants to read from. And Luke describes it like this. He says, unrolling it, Luke chapter 4, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind." To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled the scroll back up, and he handed it to the attendant. And he went down and took his seat. And all the eyes of everyone in the synagogue, it says, were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Your screen didn't freeze, online service. I don't want to talk right now, just for a second, because I don't, I don't want to give you the impression that I know how to understand that all. That's a big deal. That, that means a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know where your mind goes, but what questions are popping up? Like, so what all are the prophecies that Jesus is fulfilling? Like, what, I, now, I, now I need to go back and read some of those. Now I, now I want to know, like, well... What else, uh, what does it mean that it's fulfilled? Um, lots, lots of people probably didn't even know how incomplete things were standing at that moment. Just because we're going about our daily life. And then Luke records for us that Jesus began by saying, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Which means that Jesus went ahead and expounded on all of that. And Luke just says, he began. Dang it, Luke, if there's one Saturday to take good notes in synagogue, that's it, dude. Like, we're just all sitting here like, what else is there to know? That was important stuff. And Luke just says, you know. But I would imagine if Luke heard me saying bad stuff about him like that, he would be sitting down here and raise his hand and be like, um, excuse me, did you read the rest of the book? <laughs> also, I read a second one. It's called Luke 2, Jesus Wins Again. Somebody renamed it Acts of the Apostles, but it's all there. It's, it's there. Sorry, I could listen to that guy talk for hours. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah, that was that series. We then, throughout the whole summer, we always do a book of the Bible. Do you remember what book of the Bible we practically dared ourselves to do this summer. Ezekiel is correct. We just did Revelation. Ezekiel is the one through all of July that we did, and that was wild. And it wasn't just like, oh, 
we can, we can tackle Ezekiel. It was more Ezekiel tackling us. <laughs> but, but then, uh, like, like what normally happens is God showed up and did something we did not expect. I think a lot of us, um, the teaching team, uh, were blessed by what God showed us through that and how Ezekiel continued to teach us even after we were done with that series. So here, let me just show you a couple highlights from that. In Jerusalem. He spent his whole life training to be a priest. But everything got turned upside down when the city was attacked by the Babylonians. And Ezekiel and his family were taken in the first wave of prisoners to go live in exile in Babylon. Now, they had already spent five years in this refugee camp when this story opens. And the story begins on Ezekiel's 30th birthday, the day he would have been officially installed as a priest in Jerusalem, a day he would have dreamed about and planned for, a day for celebration. And instead, he found himself sitting next to an irrigation ditch outside a refugee camp. Happy birthday to you. And then all of a sudden, he saw a huge storm coming, and he was swept up into a vision. And Joel showed us a really trippy video of what that an artist thought maybe that kind of looked like. But the, the, what that means in a nutshell, it represents God's complete authority and power over everything and anything. It means he can come and go as he pleased, and, and he is the supreme authority. And it was the actual presence of the glory of God, which was known to hover over in the Holy of Holies, deep inside the temple of Jerusalem. If that is impossible for us to do when we have a hard heart, then we need a new one. And luckily for us, God didn't just have a plan for uh, Ezekiel's people to get a new heart. He also had one for us. So we're going to look at Titus 3 real quick. And it says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Giving us a new spirit. God says the same thing to Ezekiel and his people. He says, a new heart and a new spirit. For us to be restored through the Holy Spirit, Jesus gave his life for us. And while that's amazing in the first place, it doesn't just stop there. It's not an individual thing, right? We weren't just saved by ourselves. If you continue through Ezekiel, uh, there's a whole vision at the end of the temple being rebuilt. And he goes into detail on what the temple looks like, but God's presence is in it. And the coolest part is at the end when Ezekiel sees a river running out from the throne going into the deadlands. And all the ground that that river is touching sprouts new life. It's not just a thing for us. It is a thing for creation. We are just a part of that. But here's what I know, that we, we serve a God 
that is amazing. We serve a God that has, through the history of time, continued to prove how awesome and amazing and wonderful he is. And, and, and the main thing that I want you to hear tonight, the, the most important thing I want you to hear today, it's not tonight, is that this, the glory of God is always the point. Let me say that again. The glory of God is always the point. So when we come to the, the story of Ezekiel, when we come to the book of Ezekiel, we have to remember it's always the same thing. The glory of God is the point. Amen. Yeah, and uh, even after we, we covered most of the book that we could cover, we closed that series out with um, three things that you never knew about the book of Ezekiel that Shelly and I just like really wanted to pull out but didn't have a place in any of the sermons. And then we sat up here and we did a podcast style where we um, talked back and forth. And I don't know if you enjoy that, but we enjoyed that a lot. So, man, hopefully we get to do that again. Um, and then that still doesn't compare to the uniqueness that was the Freaky Friday uh, Sunday of Celebrate Sunday. If you were here for that, our lead pastor, Scott, led worship. And our worship pastor, Charlie, preached. And, and this is just a tiny bit of what that looked like. Good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church. If you're in the lobby, come on in. Let's, uh, we're getting ready for worship. My name is Scott, and I'm going to lead you through worship this morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. I would much rather have a guitar in front of me, but not the case today. Welcome, everybody. Welcome online campus. My name is Charlie Hines. I'm the worship pastor here at Community. And, and that went on the whole Sunday, and Charlie did an awesome job. We missed Charlie, but uh, yeah, uh, we have done a lot of stuff. But most importantly, did God do a lot of stuff with you? Like, did you hear from him? Do you remember any of this stuff? Do you, do you remember... Like, God speaking to you and, like, starting the seed of a journey in you or something that you needed to pursue? Do you, do you remember these things? Maybe, maybe just hearing them for the first time? Does it, does it make you think, all right, I need to think more about that topic and, and uh, yeah, God can really grow me in that area? Because here we are. We got a, a theoretical blank slate of a calendar here um, where we have the opportunity to say, God, um, I want you to change me. I want to I do something different in 2023. God, God can grow us. And so um, do you remember any of the memory verses? I mean, if you were here maybe for four straight weeks, one month, you would have heard them. Even if you didn't memorize them yourself, you would have heard them on stage three or four times. Like, like for instance, here was uh, May's memory verse, 1 Thessalonians 2. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Do you remember that? Did that reverberate in your life? And, and as you went out of here, did that, did that like spark something and maybe change something that, that you lived out one week? Maybe you remember the June 1 for summer. It was really appropriate. It was Hebrews 2.1. We must pay the most careful attention, um, therefore, to what we have heard so that we don't drift away it's really easy for us as human beings no matter the circumstances to drift away it's it's a great tactic of the enemy to just lull us to sleep to 
to put down our good habits and, and to be lulled away. These are, these are some of the things that we want to remember and we want to take in to 2023 because I got I to gotta tell you, church, I got to tell you online campus, God has got leaps for you to take in 2023. He, he's, he's got steps of faith that will feel like falling off the abyss. He's got places in your life that being selfless will feel like you're literally ripping something of yourself out of you. And it'll feel good afterwards. He's got places where you will have the opportunity, the choice, a split in the road to be self-sacrificing for the benefit of your loved ones or maybe perfect strangers or, or to go down the path that leads to self-centeredness. All that stuff's in front of us, and we want to gather together on a regular basis and be encouraged and be reminded and to be challenged. This is what 2023 has got in store for us. And, and in the fall, we went through a whole series called Follow, where we talked about what the definition of a disciple of Jesus is. And, and here's that. All of a sudden, Scott Turner took me under his wing, and Scott actually played bass guitar today. He plays lead guitar a lot for us. He, he took me under his wing, and he was kind of teaching me how to do guitar, and, and it, it, was, it was really kind of cool. He, he said a lot of things like this to me, no, not like that, like this, all right? He had to say that a lot to me. But, but uh, he, he's an incredibly encouraging guy. He go, good job. You're doing great. That's exactly right. You've got this. And so it, it was, it was this, this incredible discipling that was happening between Scott and I on guitar. So, Scott, thank you. He's sitting out in the audience right now. Thank you for that. Um, I, I thought when, when I started thinking about this whole um, topic of discipleship, of following, I'm looking at that relationship going, that's exactly how it should be working when it comes to our spiritual lives, all right? Somebody teaching, training, showing, being there, correcting. We need to be discipled, and we need someone to disciple us. Now, this is a great definition of disciple. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus, is being changed by him, and is on mission with them. Remember Beauty and the Beast, when the Beast is finally starting to warm up with Tabel, and the, the crew of the house, they start uh, to get him all washed up for a nice fancy dinner that they're going to try and set him up. This is what the Beast looked like. And that's just silly. That's ridiculous. That's, but I think, without even realizing it, that's what a lot of us think that Christianity is. The old self just washed up a little bit with some bows put on it. You know, talk a little bit nicer, dress a little bit nicer, um, you know, do some nicer things. That's not at all the Christianity that the Bible describes for us. A new creation, the old has passed away. This is what a new creation looks like. And if you didn't know, there's actually a name for the prince in the Beauty and the Beast. It's Prince Adam. There you go, you learned something today. That, that's, that's what transformation looks like. Again, Jesus called them saying, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. 
after learning about this, I'm thinking maybe they're saying that Jesus, he has the special sauce. He sure acts like he does. Jesus unfolds scripture for all of these Bible nerds. Remember, they know it inside and out. And he says, this is what it means. Not, this is what Rabbi so-and-so thinks it means. Not even, this is what I think it might mean. He says, this is what it means. Also, God is my father, so I know what I'm talking about. Okay? Like, he, he, he doesn't, he, he knows how the word of God should be lived out because he is the word of God. Okay? And he does not need the yoke of Rabbi fill-in-the-blank because... He has his own yoke. He has his own yoke. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I think that is everybody, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Y'all have read that scripture for 50 some odd years, and when I learned this and saw this. I'm sitting there with atlases all around, and I am weeping over my Rolos because I'm just thinking, that, that yoke, that's what he's talking about. It's not, oh, just work side by side with me, soldier on. It's, I'm going to take all of this new ideas, I love Jesus more now than I did before I started learning about the ancient Jewish first century educational system. And I tell you, I did not expect that to happen, but it happened. It's a great reminder of how God can change us. All of us, not just the people who you look and like, that person needs Jesus. God, God is here for all of us, and we all have room to grow. And man, that is, it's not the exception, that's the rule. And it's for everyone who surrenders to him. And man, there's just, there's just no better place in time than to be reminded of that on a weekly basis than when we gather here and we hear God's words spoken to us. So let me just jog your memory with one more sermon series. It was one of the most recent ones. It was Revelation. Uh, people liked this. Scott put this uh, together here right before we did um, our end of the year together series. And uh, here's some of the stuff that he taught in it. Churches of the UK and the churches of the United States need to hear the same message that the seven churches of Asia Minor needed to hear. All right, these churches in Revelation, they needed to hear this message. And so do we. Revelation answers the question, all right? Now let me say what Revelation doesn't answer the question of first. 
it doesn't answer the question of when will Jesus come back. And it does not answer the question of how is the world going to end. We tend to want to know those things, right? But it doesn't answer those questions. It answers the question of how should Christ followers live in a messed up world, right? I mean, John, he is the only surviving disciple, the only surviving apostle of the 12. And he finds himself exiled in this Roman prison called Patmos. Sits on an island in the middle of the Aegean Sea, about 40 miles off the shoreline. Think Alcatraz. That's the best way to describe this. And while he's stuck there, all because of his faith, while he's stuck there, all the rest of his spiritual family are being persecuted for their faith, persecuted and killed. And all he can think about is worshiping with them and giving them a message of hope and power. But he can't do that because he's stuck on this rock. He's isolated. He's alone. Now, you read that and you see where John is, and there's a huge lesson for us in that, right? Like the next time you're in the middle of a really bad place where you feel isolated and alone, where you feel like all hope is lost, you need to do what John does here. And what's he do? He worships. When was the last time when you felt isolated and alone and and like desperate that you chose to worship? Or when you were in those situations, what did you do to try to get yourself out? We try all kinds of things. Most of them don't work. Most of, us leave, most of them leave us feeling more stuck and more empty than before we tried them. Why don't you try worship? That's what we should do. And as he's worshiping, he heard this voice, and he sees a vision of Jesus that cuts him to the core. And for the next 21 chapters, Jesus invites John to be part of this story. And he shows him heaven and the past, and the present, and the future, and the battle between good and evil. And that vision was meant to wake up the church that Jesus died for. That vision was meant specifically for those seven churches, but it was also meant for this church right now, today. Good stuff. And, uh, and I don't know if you're here for our Christmas Eve or Christmas Day services, but that was enjoyable. We had snowball fights. We had our family game of saran wrap candy stuff. We had glow sticks and homemade cookies. And I'm telling you, if you didn't feel the joy of God at that moment or when you're here, man, we're, just, we're not doing it right because we will, that's part of it. Because God delights in you. Because you are his child, and, and we want to feel that. We want to be examples of that. And so we ended last year. Yeah, it's already, that was already last year. We, we ended that on a positive note, on a high. Uh, and I'll tell you what, we're going to continue that into 2023. Because one of our big center words for our, our sermon series and what we're going to hit on for 2023 is this word. Hope. We're, we're going to just fill this place with hope. We're going to take hope out into the world. We're going to think about where our hope is found and who our hope is in and, and where we get hope and how we give it. 
And, and that's going to be a big center of it. And we're going to use one of the verses we even memorized last year. So maybe this will be super familiar, familiar to you. It's uh, from the book of Romans, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God has got some things to unpack with you and with me in 2023. Um, and, and he's excited to do this with us. We have leaps to take. We have things to surrender. We have joys to take hold of. And we've got encouragement to get and to give right here. I want you guys to be a part of that. Again, if you, if you want to be connected or you just want to have a nice catered lunch, come join us. Next week after this service, uh, we're going to be downstairs having a great pulled pork meal. Um, but we want our God of hope to fill us with that. We, we want this to be a place of encouragement and positivity um, where God is at the center of all of it. So, again, let's let Paul in the, from the book of Romans have that last word when he says, May the God of hope fill you with all peace as, and joy as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for yet another year, yet another opportunity to right some wrongs, to, uh, to give you the glory and the praise that you obviously deserve. God, may we put away distractions, and may we focus and center on the things that are truly important. May we give to other people, May we be a source of encouragement and hope to other people. And may our source of joy and peace truly be in the power that only you can give. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity to gather and to be in this country and to have another start here in 2023. We thank you for all these things. In your son's Jesus' name we pray.